You are listening to The Forecast, Season 1, Episode 16. It's towards Ben Meets off Vinaldum. That's Boyd. Not a bad effort, but just can't quite control it. That's not a bad ball towards Gray. And Barnes is there. And Burnley score. That's a dangerous ball. Barnes is completely unmarked. Could easily have made it two. Flag was up, so it wouldn't have counted. Three in the middle for him. Towards Vinaldum. Second by to the cherry. Jimmy Vinaldum for Liverpool. Here's Emre Chan. He's going to have a go. It's not a bad effort. Oh, it's not at all. It's a wonderful one. Super strike by Emre Chan. And Liverpool have turned this game around. Jürgen, then three points today. How satisfying to win the game in that manner today? There are different ways to win football games today, perhaps different to how we won against Arsenal. Yeah, very, very satisfying actually. Very pleasing because um, it's the first ugly game I can remember we, we won. Um, it was difficult to play. Um, obviously, we were not, we could not be dominant enough today to, to um, avoid this number of second ball fights um, Burnley wants this we wanted not that much but we had to we have to accept it and we have to do it because when they have the ball we can't avoid each long ball and we have to fight for the second one but when we have the ball we could have done better so uh, this 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 really open game obviously didn't give us the feeling that we are in the mood to play so we, 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 we shot a lot of long balls too Sixteen, you know what they say about sixteen, right? The sixteenth show, absolutely nothing. It's just one more than fifteen. So, we had a good show the last time round. Um, quite a quite a lot of new uh, listeners. We had about a hundred hundred listens across the three um, episodes. Uh, someone on the forum, uh, someone in the comment section said I cheated because I just took one long podcast and broke it into three episodes. And uh, it doesn't seem like a bad idea. I think uh, people with uh, seem to have very short attention spans. <laughs> uh, can't read anything more than uh, 20, 20, uh, 20 words long. So I guess 20 minutes to 30 minutes, it seems like a good, uh, 
length of time uh, for anyone to be listening to uh, on, a, on a podcast as well. So it seemed to work, uh, seemed to work a treat the last time. So I think we're going to do something like that this time around as well. Um, but uh, before that, um, since we do have a lot of uh, new listeners to the show, um, let me just introduce myself. My name is Joe, and this uh, forecast is the official podcast of our website, Foresight, uh, F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E dot com. Uh, so if you, if you haven't visited the site already, please do so. Um, we're a great community uh, and we have lots of news, discussions, opinions, um, highly al- opinionated opinions. Does that make sense? <laughs> Um, but very few, very few plastics. Very few plastics. Okay. <laughs> also, we like to think so. But um, it's it's a great community. Um, we're not that old. We're probably about uh, coming to about nine months old right now. But we've grown uh, from strength strength to strength. And uh, yeah, uh, do come and check out the the, the website. Um, I'm glad that you're listening to this podcast if uh, on whatever device that you're listening to. And I will try and put a good show. Uh, together for you. Um, guys, we haven't done this before. Um, maybe if we could give a short um, introduction about ourselves, since maybe some of us, they don't know who we are and they have not really s- seen anything that we've written or, or, or you know, our involvement in the site. Maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're from. Uh, I'll just um, maybe give that brief intro. Uh, we are one person like today, um, Eric, um, who is our, one of our usual forecasters. He's not available to join us for this show. Um, but we'll kick things off um, with, with probably the oldest person ever to appear on a podcast <laughs> anywhere in the world. Okay, um, Keith, tell us a little bit Hi about Hi guys, yourself. it's Keith. Um, I was born just outside Liverpool in St. Helens. Been a supporter for well over 50 years. Living in South Africa, obviously, you can tell from the, the accent. Um, yeah, very passionate Liverpool supporter, and actually been been there in the in the glory days and uh, suffered through these last twenty odd years. But yeah, great great show, great a bunch of guys on the site and on the podcast, and uh, we like to sort of self monitor, and we don't get too caught up with trivial stuff. So enjoy. Well, I'm surprised. Eh? That's it. We only have about a 45 minutes left. Um. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I thought everybody was introducing themselves. After I'm the introduction. I can't, I can't introduce myself for 45 minutes. Mm. Eric, yeah, like Eric is the only one who can. Yeah, I think so. Thank God. Okay, thanks, Keith. And um, next um, um, is Vez. Um, and I'd like to say this about Vez. Uh, you, you can never make him angry because he'll agree with everything that you say. <laughs> there, there, there you go. So, <laughs> Vess, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Vess, and if you all agree with that, then I'd just like to say that I'm from Serbia, and I've been writing for four, for several months now, and supporting Liverpool since the Hillsborough campaign started. I don't think there's any anything relevant else. So, okay, he's also the king of the pregnant pause. So, <laughs> um, both uh, Keith and Vez have um, are regular contributors uh, to the site. Um, 
Uh, Keith has just based, recently written um, a Jekyll and Hyde uh, article. If you haven't read that, it's on the site. Uh, use the search function. Um, you'll find that it's a, it's a nice little piece. It's a humorous little piece. Um, Vez does our uh, match reports and occasionally, most recently, had to do the player ratings as well um, uh, because Eric was not around again. I think he's getting too big for his shoes. What do you think? Yeah, all these interviews with uh, Liverpool players and putting it on other websites, I know. I think we need to censor him a little bit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we I could agree. all take the piss out of Eric tonight because he's not here. Exactly. It'll be the last show, It'll be the last show he misses. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, next up is the, uh, is the only German that we could afford because he said he'll do it for a drink. <laughs> And uh, he's always Ang- drunk before he comes German. on the show. And angry he's German. and he's also and he's also angry. So he's drunk and he's angry. Say hi, Christian. Hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm Christian from Germany. I'm I have originally been a, a Klopp fan and joined NFC when Klopp moved to Merseyside. And um, so I'm yeah in this environment since October 2015. Okay, that's good. And, and you're still waiting for that drink, right? Uh, I've uh, stored some beers here next to me, yes. You've stored oh. some beers? How many have you already had? <laughs> Less than I will still be having. <laughs> okay, go have one now. Some more to come. Okay. Uh, we, have a, we have a guest, special guest with us today, um, Jason. Jason Patel. He's uh, one of our regular con- uh, commenters on the site as well. Um, uh, Jason, say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason. Um, I live near Bristol in the UK uh, and I've been a Liverpool supporter since about the 80s. Okay, good. Short and sweet. Very short and very sweet. All right. <laughs> Did we win ugly, or was it? Did you did you think that was an ugly win against Burnley, or it was just one of those we got lucky thing? No, we grounded out. Let's face it; there was nothing pretty about the game. Yeah. They came there to disrupt. They niggled. They fouled. They did everything to throw us off our stride. And I was glad they actually rolled up their sleeves and 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 actually ground out this win. There's no such thing as winning beautiful, uh, playing the beautiful game for the entire season in the Prem. The, the games, there are these types of games that you have to win if you're going to compete over the entire season. And I'm actually pleased to see us get the result. I thought it was going to be a close one. I was hoping we'd keep a, a clean sheet. But uh, 2-1 I'll take any day. I'll actually, I'll take 2-1 for the rest of the season if it goes in our favour. Vess, you wrote the match report. Do you think we were, we were lucky, lucky in this game? Did we, did we just scrape by or was it deserved three points? I don't think we were lucky. I think we, we deserved the three points thoroughly. Uh, like he said, yeah, the team rolled up their sleeves. It took them about half an hour to, to get to, to start to move forward at all, to, to create something mm-hmm. of note. But um, I think a bit in that second half, Burnley players played into our hands a bit uh, with, the, with the way they kept retreating completely and they just gave up on on chasing those second balls that they had been winning during the first half an hour and that cost them that cost them very much especially for that winning goal by Emre Can mm-hmm. he 
just ran into that space that was completely left empty. And one of Burnley players was completely undecided on whether to come out or to to watch out for Klein coming in on the right side or mm-hmm. Sadio Mane who was standing by. He was waiting for others to come in and eventually they just they just couldn't stop Chan and he produced a fabulous shot. I think we deserve that and it was coming for a while in that second half. Okay, Christian, how did you see our attitude right now? I mean, uh, you've mentioned this several times on several podcasts already. Um, how do you see the attitude of the of our players in the, in in this game? I don't want to put the mood down, but but I was I wasn't wasn't happy at all with the attitude and yeah. I think it was a mixture of winning ugly and winning luckily. Um you can I mean, you all will have felt sometimes that you have uh, can read the game when it's about say five minutes six minutes into the game that you already can see um which attitude the players put on the on the pitch and and my my feeling was very soon that that again they lacked the the, the commitment the passion which we need to fully perform yeah and um i was i wasn't happy about that and from there it was just shaking and yeah fear <laughs> being scared about what will happen will Burnley take their chances or not yeah will they get us on the wrong foot mm-hmm. and um, when this happened in fact um, and then a genie scored the equalizer mm-hmm. it was a bit of a relief and um, I felt a bit better but yeah you all will remember that it, it took till till chance yeah sudden strike I, I don't really agree with Wes it was for me it was a bit out of nothing Mm-hmm. Out of the blue, um, this this good shot, and um, that was that was made me that made me really happy. But till the end of the game, I was never uh, never confident we would win this game. And we had only two two half chances before the end. Sadio Mane and one one further one before uh, Loughton uh, missed that one. The sitter, mm-hmm. or oh, not sitter, but didn't you predict six one? Mm, on Christian? this one, yes, because I thought they will come out with anger and the thought of revenge after the Burnley defeat um, in the first half of the season, the second game. I thought they will will put something special on the on the pitch, yes, and they did not. And, we were still, and therefore, we were lucky to win. Jason, which performances uh, caught your eye? Uh, I think for me, I was really impressed with the way um, Emre Chan and Ginny uh, kind of fought their way into the game. Mm-hmm. So I thought at the beginning, the, the whole team found it really difficult, probably for about the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, um, yeah, Chan and, and Ginny really started to kind of fight back. And it, it was it was interesting because I thought... At the beginning of the season, everyone was talking about Lalana and Coutinho and Firmino and and uh, Mane, and and I thought some of the support characters uh, kind of stood up a bit more. You know, it was um, I thought Minile played well, probably out of our, our our front. You know, the usual trio. I think uh, Mane was uh, kind of fought his way into the game as well. Yeah. 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 As well as Origi as well. I think he battled up front quite yeah, quite yeah, well as absolutely. well. I, I yeah, thought yeah. Mane, Origi, and I was very impressed with Mignolet. 
he actually started yeah. to come for those brawls and clear these lines exceptionally well. I thought it was a very good game from him. Yeah. Are some of these um, players' futures becoming clearer? Uh, have they have they at least started to you know roll up their sleeves, pull up their socks, and start showing that they deserve to be playing in a red shirt? I think we we covered it a little bit, Joe, the last time we we sat here. There's nothing wrong with our starting eleven. Okay. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I cannot see any of our starting eleven going. I, I know there's all these rumours of Chan. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely sure they'll sort it out. You don't going to lose. You don't want to lose a player of Chan's caliber at his age, his strength. He's only going to get better. Um, it's not about money. It's about position. I would say and playing time. Uh, and he's going to get plenty of that next year with the four competitions we're going to be in. So I'm sure they will sort it out one way or the other. Well, I'm hoping uh, in terms of that. We just we just need better quality that can be rotated, that can start, that can be on the bench, that can change games. That's what we need from a from a Liverpool side this uh, this summer. We're going to get rid of a lot of these fringe players, as I wrote in that uh, in in the last blog I wrote. Uh, they'll be gone, and and we're going to bring in a good six good quality players to to bolster the squad. And then I think we'll have a serious challenge that I thought we we're going to have this year. We'll we'll have a serious challenge next year. We we we, we ran out a bit of steam uh, with the injuries. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um. Uh, sorry, Keith, I didn't want to interrupt you, but but I don't want to forget um, and want to come in between. Um, Joe, you asked me about this attitude thing, and now I would like to return the question mm. to all others, and especially Jason, which is which, who is new, mm. and I would like to hear especially his opinion about this attitude thing. Do Does any, any one of you think the attitude was not fully there? Uh, from my point of view, Jason, I think, yeah. as, I, mm. as I said, um, we did... We did start to work very slowly, and you could see that almost like the team is thinking, "Oh, here we go again." You know, I mean, uh, a slow start, Burnley score early, and you're kind of thinking, "Is it going to be our day?" And it did take them a while to to dig in. Um, I really, I really think that Chan didn't start well, um, but he didn't give up, and I think he was kind of the one who 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 started to, to dig in first and a lot of the other players started to build off of that. So I think it was it was bad at the beginning, but I think there is some fighting spirit in the, in the squad and it's probably in some of those players who we who don't always get praised as, as much as uh, some of the more flair players in the squad. I think we've also we, we've also got to acknowledge this part of the season where teams are fighting relegation, teams are scrapping for every single point. Burnley Burnley came out and wanted to play. They came out firing. They came out energized, and I think was a little bit off our stride. I think we were expecting them to sit back and defend and hit us on the counter. That they came out and pressed us and harried us and, and, and niggled and, and, and did everything they can to knock us off our stride. It did knock us off our stride for the first 30-odd minutes or so. And, and I think it's slowly they started to get back into the game. But we, we, we can't always sit here and say they haven't got this, they haven't got that. We've also got to say other teams are allowed to play. Other teams are allowed to have good possession at certain times and dominate at certain times. You know, this is after all the prem where there's going to be shock results. Uh, there's going to be a couple of these top teams now in the top eight going to be losing to the bottom eight because that's the nature of the prem with these uh, with these uh, fixtures coming thick and fast towards the end of the season. Now, 
I, I can see what um, why Christian asked this question because um, Burnley didn't sit back. I mean, they, they I mean, they were they 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 played um, with with an intent. Okay, I, I wouldn't say they they played openly, open flowing, attacking type of football, um, and neither were they did they employ a kind of low block situation. But um, why, why is it that if you juxtapose the, um, the performance, the, again, we played at home, if you juxtapose the performance at home against uh, the way a team like Burnley plays um, versus uh, one of the top six players, um, there, do you see there's a distinct um, difference in the, in the performance? So maybe that, that, if you put a finger on that, that's maybe for Christian, he says that that is because of a mentality or uh, attitude or something like that. And it's been... A criticism that's been um, that's been levelled uh, at this team. Do you think that's fair, or are we missing something in this analysis, uh, Ves? I'm not sure. I think Burnley modelled their game uh, pretty much on, on that game we lost against Leicester. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to to replicate that. They came out. They fought, especially in in midfield. Uh, they posed problems. For us, uh, and yes, I do agree with Christian up to a point that we did have attitude problems in the first half hour. Mm-hmm. After that, we did roll up our sleeves and started fighting back. And uh, just as uh, uh, they're they're coming out to to fight uh, and to to play some open football, uh, surprised us. At the very beginning, so that change in our approach surprised them. Right. And um, again, I would like to say, he, uh, Christian, you said that that Chan goal came out of nothing. Uh, I would like you to to look at it again. Uh, Chan starts moving from almost the halfway line, and there isn't a Burnley player in front of him for. I don't know how how long. I think the, the closest Burnley player in front of him was about a yard or two in front of their box. He starts moving forward. The ball comes to him. They just start. They become paralyzed and they let him shoot. This isn't the first goal Emre Chan has scored from such a situation. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, uh, there's no arguing about that, Ves. Don't get me wrong. It's not. It's not about this. This goal I'm not being deserved. That, I'm saying that that a lot of that was brought about by Burnley, by retreating too deeply, by giving up on their the the, the way they played for the, those the first thirty minutes where they where they fought ah, and, and, and came out and and pressed all over the pitch. They just stopped doing that, and we took advantage. We regained the midfield, we started attacking, and it was bound to happen if they underestimated our ability to, to score goals, and they obviously did. Let me ask this question, anyone um, anyone is free to jump in. How well have we coped with um, uh, with Hendo missing? Well, in these, in these last few games, uh, especially against Arsenal and, and this one against Burnley, uh, Emre Can did well yeah. to replace him. So... Whether it's uh, a temporary burst of form or he's found a way to, to play that role, 
I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I think this this game against Manchester City will be definitely the the, the right sign. Ginny stepped up as well. Vinaldum Vinaldum is playing the best football I've seen him play, and I, I've liked him from the start. Uh, it has taken a little while to settle in, but he seems to be comfortable in his role. Uh, he seems to be comfortable getting forward, becoming more of a goal threat, and he is—he is, he is putting in a big shift in that midfield, uh, taking on all comers and, and and closing people down and getting the ball moving. So I, I I think it bodes well for the future because we need all three. We need Hendo, we need Vinaldum, and we need Can, and and I would love to see Grich come in as well. Uh, yep. So yeah, it 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 it, it, it is looking well that uh, we've got these four dynamite midfielders. Uh, what we probably lacking a little bit from the midfield perspective is somebody that can be take on that creative role when Coutinho is not on form. So I can see us adding to that uh, in the in the in the summer a Dahu type player coming yeah. in. Spot on. What's wrong with Coutinho? And um, he's just. There's nothing wrong with Coutinho. Yeah, yeah, we we forget this kid is is only 24. You know, everybody's now identified he's our most creative player. So what do they do? They go to the drawing board and they say, "How do we stop Coutinho? Let's rough him up. Let's mark him out of the game. Let him let them let him mark him out the game so they've got to play through somewhere else." So he struggles against these types of teams that just closing down, that just don't give him space. Watch him in a game when he's not playing well, and 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 he's he's roaming all over the place to find some space to 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 actually get the ball and to do something creative. And unfortunately, then he gets frustrated and tries to do too much. Against City, we will see a totally different player. Exactly. Look what he was like against Arsenal. I agree with you 100%, Christian. Uh, when he gets some space, he's a magician. When he's closed down and harassed, like the the, 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 the the bottom half of the teams are going to do to him, we need Klopp needs to come up with another game plan. He needs to come up, maybe two up front, give him, make more space, maybe moving inside. You, you know, the, Klopp has got to think of how to get the best out of Coutinho when we come up against these types of teams. And I think it's more tactical than it is about Coutinho not not uh, not on form or being inconsistent. And perhaps he's acknowledged um, his performances. His recent performances have been quite patchy because um, he's uh, had a new tattoo on his torso, uh, and it's a, it's a tattoo of Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not many, not many mouse. No, not Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> so it's kind of reflective of uh, his performances on the pitch as well. Um, yeah, um, this is his fifth season, is it? Fourth, fifth season? I, I think I think it's his fourth season, I think. I'm not too sure. But, you know, I actually made a quip uh, about it. I said, I don't know how we're going to rate Coutinho for this game because I'm not sure he was on the field. That's how anonymous he was. Yeah. I think the thing was is that his that the basics in his game were really bad. Um, you know, if, if the, the magic isn't working, he needs to at least be able to do the simple things well. So just passing and and tracking back and things like that because uh when woodburn came on I, I don't think he did anything great but you know he just passed the ball to another liverpool player and tried to you know kind of uh stop the burnley players from from playing and and i think coutinho maybe just needs to 
sometimes go back to the basics if it's not working for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, Jason. That's a that's a great insight there. And I, I think everybody, every time Coutinho gets the ball, the whole of Liverpool supporters hold their collective breath to see what magic he's going to conjure up. And I think he feels that expectation that he's got to do something special every time he gets the ball. And keeping it simple and moving it quickly, uh, maybe that'll create more space for him. I don't know. Um, there's one further point I, w- I would like to add. Um, he's an extremely creative player, yeah, who really sh- can shine brightly sometimes. But s- those creative geniuses also have their, yeah, have their, do- their, their downtime sometimes. It's sometimes um, they lack this creativity and then these basics are not there like with the disciplined, thoroughly trained Germans or whoever, like the Chans or the Bruns of this world. And um, I mean, that's, that's typical for, for those Brazilians. Yeah, They are extremely good on the ball. They are extremely creative. They have an extremely good feeling for the ball, as we say. And uh, But sometimes when it does not work, when the things don't go well, then they are totally off off the track. Yeah. More than the typical hard trained players who have their typical passing and pass and move ways, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. But then they they can keep a certain level better than those creative geniuses, and that is nothing nothing unusual, I think. Mm-hmm. And what about the the substitution? You know the substitution. Top listen to four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually substituted on the 60th minute. He didn't wait for the 88th yes. minute and gave the summer yeah. two minutes to do something. No, he's also learning. Let's face it, yes. this is his full season. He's also learning. And I was so happy that he, he yanked, and I would tell you what, I would have yanked Milner and I would have yanked Klein at the same time. Mm. Uh, but I was really pleased. Coutinho was having a mare. Let's face it, he was having a mare. And, and I'm glad yeah. 60th minute he yanked him and put Woodburn on, which I thought showed great maturity and, 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 and put in a good shift. this thing about uh, that Paul Tompkins uh, uh, wrote uh, saying that uh, our problem in in games against some of these uh, lower lower teams or the smaller teams is actually not a mental problem but rather uh, a physical problem. Uh, He notes that Liverpool are the smallest side in the Prem and also the second lightest. Well, I don't know where he got the figures for, for, for weight but I guess these are publicly available, but yeah. So we are the smaller side in the league, and as well as the lightest, um, and uh, we don't win a lot of our headed uh, headed duels, aerial duels. Um, and basically, the best way of playing against us is to use long balls and expose our our lack of height. So this is quite an interesting uh, perspective and argument uh, uh, that he's made. So, uh, do you think do you think we should be getting bigger and stronger? players in the team to counter this no. physicality no. problem? Barcelona's never been a big physical side and they haven't done too badly. Um, <laughs> I, I, am, I, I am surprised... No, Barcelona are not playing in the Premier League though. No, no, I understand that. But I am surprised that Matip is not as good in the air as I thought he would be. 
for such a big man, for such a tall man. Um, Gruich is a, quite a big boy. He's coming in. That'll also give us a little bit more height in, in, in those things. Um, but I think if we're going to rely on pace and speed, I think uh, Klopp will go for that and skill over that. We will get a couple of, of, of really strong uh, p- uh, defensive midfielders in uh, um, to bolster up against the real physical teams. But uh, I don't think he's going to change his modus operandi that easily. I think he might want to tweak it slightly. It's something Klopp has mentioned before, something like, I can't make players grow taller or something like that. Mm. I think that was maybe when we conceded a goal uh, through Klein, actually, he was out jumped by somebody maybe last season. Yep. And, I can see uh, us getting. A, I, I can see us getting another big centre back in though. What? How do you? How do you guys see Lovren's? Uh, okay, um, I, we're going to preview. We're going to preview the City game, but um, let me just ask this up front, and I've also asked this on the on the site, and I've also posted it on um, Twitter. Uh, and the question mm-hmm. is, would you drop Clavan? Uh, if Lovren is fit. Uh, now on Twitter, um, it seems almost like an even split, but I think most people uh, seem to be leaning towards they would drop Clavin and bring Lovren in. On the site, um, the comments seem to lean towards no, um, we should keep uh, Clavin. Okay, where do you guys uh, where do you guys lean on this? Oh, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, I, I feel Clavin is a really good player, but he does go off the boil at times as well uh, and does make mistakes. But then so does Lovren. I think Lovren's maybe a little bit uh, more physical in his approach, where Clavin is a little bit more cultured in his approach uh, from a passing perspective. Uh, it, it really is a, a difficult one. Maybe I wouldn't disrupt it uh, and keep the, the partnership going for the City match uh, and then maybe reintroduce uh, Lovren uh, at a later stage. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a difficult call. Anyone else on this? Clavin is more, the more disciplined player, whilst uh, Lovren has more to offer um, in, the, in the opponent's box. Mm-hmm. He, has, uh, he offers more goal threats. And both are, in fact, equally good. Okay, Vez, would you drop Klaus? Uh I think I would, but I'm not. I'm not too sure at this point. It all. It will all depend on the, how fit Lauren actually is for that game. But if he is 100%, then yes, I would drop Lauren and and bring Lauren back, because I I believe that Lauren is the better player. And uh, like Christian said, he is more of a goal threat in, in the opponent's box at set pieces. And uh, I think overall he's, he's a more, more complete centre-back than, than Klavan. I would bring him back if he's 100%. If he's not, then I wouldn't risk anything and would keep Klavan. Uh, Jason? Um, I agree with Vez, actually. Um, I'm a bit of a stats geek. I don't know if anyone ever looks at who scored. Yeah, so um, apparently Lovren has actually been our highest-rated defender this season, uh, even ahead of Matip, which was a bit of a surprise to me. But um, I, I think my thing with Clavan is that he seems to play one good game and then follow up with a bad game. So um, Yeah, that's right. That's the inconsistency. Like, yeah. the, whole like yeah. the whole team. Like the whole team. And also I think that uh, teams seem to be targeting this gap between... 
um, the left centre back and, and Milner. Um, Leicester did it really well with Vardy, and then uh, uh, Burnley got some success doing that as well. And I just wonder if they bring Lovren in there, who's a bit more aggressive, he might cover that space a bit better. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so I I'm leaning towards keeping clubs, but I'm mindful of the fact that he has a mind fart um, in the in every th- third or fourth game. Uh, but then after he gets gets over that one, uh, he tends to have a string of two or three games that that he's 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 rather good at. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards keeping that Matip and Clubs uh, uh, so-called partnership. Uh, there was I, I can't see that um, I can't find that article right now. There was an article on the, that I placed on the site, but um, where it shows that the best. At least from a from a statistical perspective, the best partnership right now is actually uh, Matip and Klavan, actually. Um, but it's a kind of like um, you don't have the the, the number of um, sample data because they haven't really played together that uh, much as a partnership. Um, but from from how it's gone so far, it seems to be quite effective. Uh, but they both need to be on the on the top of their games as well. Um, so I'm leaning towards keeping keeping this group. Uh, okay, let's look at this. Let's look at ahead to this game um, against City. Um, so we talked about uh, Liverpool lacking height, uh, lacking weight. <laughs> okay, so perhaps um, Manchester City are then our ideal opponents because they are the lightest team in the Premier League and the second shortest <laughs> behind us. Okay, so um, is it a good time to be playing them? Definitely. You think so? I really think it's a good time. Hey, hey, listen, there's no bad time to play a top eight side for us at this stage. We, we've got great reasons. Uh, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather we play a top eight side every single week till the end of the uh, end of the year, because we seem to just produce the best football when we play the top eight sides. They give us space. They want to play. So I think it's perfect. After that scrappy game against Burnley. Uh, I think the lads will come out and want to play. And as, as I said, I think think we're going to win by at least two clear goals. What What are the odds that we've reversed the trend? Doing very well against the top six and being absolute shit against the relegation candidates. And now that we've won against the relegation candidates, uh, no, we're going to be shit against rubbish. the top six teams. We, 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 were, we were, we were battering the relegation candidates. We were battering the re- in the first half of the year. We, we're beating them 6-1, 4-2 against all the relevant. It's just after Christmas with the injuries and the fatigue, we've struggled against the, top, the lower sides. If you, if you go um, by recent results... Uh, We've beaten we've beaten City in five of the last six Premier League games, okay, uh, and also um, with regards to the Klopp versus Guardiola um, matchups head to head, Klopp has won five times against Guardiola in all competitions, okay, and that is the most number of wins against Pep Guardiola uh, of any manager, um, and at the same time City are coming off uh, being dumped out of the Champions League. But the thing is, um, could this be a wounded animal syndrome or any of that thing coming into play? Or no, it's going to be, again, uh, do we have the blueprint, basically, to beat City? I think we do. I think we do have the blueprint to, to beat them. I think they are 
exactly the opponent we need at this point. <laughs> like, like <laughs> their style just plays into our hands. Our game, our, our pressing and counter pressing doesn't make any sense when you play a team that that sits back and lets you have the ball, and then they press you all over the pitch and and play directly. But against a team that that likes to hold the ball, that likes to dictate the play, our game is is always going to be efficient. And uh, I'm sure that we will play well against and City. Whether we will win the game or not, that's a different question. I believe we will, but uh, I am sure that we will play a good game. Well, City um, are perfect for the pressing game, is what you, you rightly mentioned. Uh, but Jason, you, you seem to agree when I said um, we may have reversed the trend. Um, but is there any, uh, say, real um, logic to that, or is just a oh. no? No, it's not. No, it's not logic. It's one of the, the thing is is though. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier. I, you know, I'm a bit of a stats geek and so on. But mm. <laughs> on the other side, with football some really random things happen at times you know and everything i think everything points towards us doing well in this game because i mean city against monaco playing three not very good fullbacks in their in their back four um and and you think they're really going to struggle with players like mane for example um that they're coming off the back of a a a game that they've lost so that they've got to be low and all the rest of it we just won our last game and and broken our jinx against the bottom teams and you would think everything points towards us winning mm-hmm. yet I'm just slightly worried that the illogical thing is going to happen this this weekend I think a big factor when we're playing City right now is they're going to try and match us energy wise after the a tough midweek game and let's face it playing in the Champions League is a tough midweek game mm-hmm. um, they are going to feel the effects of that game against Monaco. So I don't think they're going to be able to match us energy-wise. And I and, and, I, and I, I, I think our high-intensity, all-energy action style is going to knock them off their stride. And, I, and, I, and I'm looking for a positive result. I really am. And that's how we've beaten them in the past uh, couple of games, uh, is to start um, fast, uh, start with, with that real energy and intensity. Uh, if I'm not wrong, the I think the past two games, uh, you know, the game was almost so sewn up in the first half um, in terms of the goals and, and and the overall result. So that again uh, is the way to go and could be the way to go. But um, yeah, I'm kind of mindful of, of statements where you know where you say that yeah we're gonna just yeah City are perfect for us and we're just gonna come up and we. Show up, you know, and we're going to do the job. And uh, but as what Jason said, you know, football is a really, really strange thing sometimes, and kind of the unexpected things tend to happen at the most um, inconvenient of uh, uh, times. We have to be at our best. We have to be at our best. But do you yeah. think um, James Milner is going to put Sterling in his pocket again? I'm worried about the matchup down the wings. Sane and Sterling against Klein and Milner. I'm not looking forward to that. That's the one pro- the one problem we might have. The speed of them. You, you're talking about a Sane that's matured a little bit more, and Sterling that's on top of his game at the moment. Against uh, Milner, who is slow, uh, he's going to need help from the midfield to 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 help curb those two. Mm-hmm. 
It seems from a form perspective, both these players are the ones that um, both Klein and Milner, you know, you could see in terms of from the form guide, you know, it's, it's kind of on a down at the moment. Um, and when you match it up against the, the City players who could give them, uh, both these players, trouble, their form guide is actually up, both with Sterling and Sane. So, yeah, you, you're, you're probably right to, to be worried there. Um, and I think maybe, or quite likely, that's where the trouble is going to come from. But, um, Vez, you, you said that um, you think James Milner knows exactly how to deal with, with Sterling in these situations. He's got an experienced head, and, and, and you, you hold firm to that, to that view? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not as worried as, as you guys are about that. Uh, I'm not so sure about Sané and Klein on the other side, but if, if Sterling and Milner are up against each other, I think Milner will put in a hard tackle early on and just hurt him, maybe even get booked, and <laughs> that will be it. Uh, the biggest flaw Sterling has as a player is his head. He He's easily thrown off his game, and I think Milner will be looking to exploit that. It's it's something defenders, experienced defenders do. I remember uh, the first game Alexis Sanchez played for Arsenal against Chelsea. Uh, I believe it was the second or third minute of the game when uh, Ivanovic put in a tackle. He, he hit him on, on his heel. He hurt him. He had to have treatment and after that, Sanchez never got back into the game properly. So, it's something these experienced defenders do. And I believe we'll see that from Milner. Okay, so um, so how do you see the team being set up then? Our team? Yep. Well, the same way it has been set up for the entire season. The 4-3-3 with... The, well, yeah, that, there's that question about Lauren and Klavan there, but uh, and obviously Emre Chan is going to play the holding midfielder yep. uh, with Lallan and Wijnaldum around him, and uh, I think we we will need uh, Firmino up front for this game, and yes. if he's not fit, that could be a problem. Uh, his his pressing up front is is very important against Manchester City. Yes. And there is something I I read today on Twitter. I'm not sure who said it. It was a quote from an ex-player or someone. I'm not sure that they said that City need to invest heavily to improve their defense. Mm. And I started laughing my head off. (laughs) (laughs) The the money they've spent on John Stones on... Because of Amendi and on 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 like, <laughs> yeah. lights of three of them, it's ridiculous to say that they need to invest heavily. Again, yeah, again, yeah. Again. yeah. It's, it's I think really- I think they need to I think they need to replace their their fullbacks. They're all getting on a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they do. I mean, if they you do. look at their if you look at their personnel, I mean, over the summer. It's going to be a massive, massive change for them because, I mean, as what Jason said, their fullbacks are getting in age. I mean, you've got Klishi, uh, Bakari Sanya, uh, Zabaleta. Uh, it, wow. And then you've got... Yeah. 
And then you've got Joe Hart, who's not unwanted, and he himself has acknowledged that. You've got Nasri, who's uh, who's not is is away as well. Bonnie, um, who can't even get a game at Stoke and is moaning about it right now. <laughs> uh, okay, and yet you have uh, Mangala. Uh, 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 company is 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 his career is over in the Prem because I don't think his body can take uh, the rigors of the fitness uh, that that is required. Um, Delph, remember him, Fabian Delph. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a lot of place. Nolito, how about him? My God, that, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of place. Um, uh, some talk about Aguero as well. Uh, I'm not sure whether that's realistic. Whether uh, he he would go, but um, of course, there's a threat to his position with the incoming of uh, um, uh, Gabriel Jesus. But um, it's a it's a big rebuild job. Um, that's that's ahead of uh, Guardiola in the summer for City. But okay, enough about them. <laughs> um, so I think Firmino is his uh, fit. I guess um, I, we've seen photos. I just read that he started training, but uh, yeah, I'm not so, sure how it is. Yeah, so it's a couple more days um, before before the game. So uh, keeping fingers crossed that he he will be he will be uh, ready. Um, yeah, for for this game. Um, okay, oh, predictions. I don't think we should bother with this. We should just ask Keith what he thinks. <laughs> okay, Keith, what's your prediction? Keith, are you in the toilet right now? He must have turned off his mic again. I think so. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. I've turned off the bloody mic again. Good morning. Uh, uh, yeah, there we are. Um, I was actually looking at how old Gail Clichy was because I didn't think he was that old, 90, born 95. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, I, th- I think we'll concede against City. They've, they've, they've got too good a um, lineup from an attacking sense. So I can see it being a 3-1 type of game for, for us. Um, maybe even a 4-2. Um, but I think uh, we'll hopefully win by two clear goals. Okay. Uh, Christian? Yes, yeah, a, a, a narrow win. 2-1, um, 1-0, 3-2, something like that. They were very dangerous uh, on the attack when mm-hmm. they played against us on year, New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. but we were extremely disciplined in defence because we were very good. We are very good defensive side, you know. <laughs> and um, You don't say. We were very good at that, and we will need exactly that. Mm-hmm. There will be... Very good on the attack. They will be dangerous in midfield. But we will be very good on the counter because they are vulnerable at the back. They leave spaces for us. And I think we'll win with um, a one-goal difference. I think more like Keith. Two or three-goal difference. Two or three-goal difference. Okay, Jason? I'm going to go for 2-1 to City. 2-1 to City. Mm, yeah. Interesting. So ban, ban him from the site. Interesting. <laughs> from the side. <laughs> then I should ban myself though, because my prediction is two two. Okay, ban yourself immediately. Ban myself immediately. <laughs> Yay, I'm free, free at last. And say three Hail Marys and go and pray. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure whether a draw is a, is a necessarily a bad thing. Uh, uh, of course, a, a loss would, would not be a good thing. Um, but um, City, uh, well, uh, United have have won um, against Rostov, so that prolongs their 
Europa League uh, campaign, so uh, that keeps uh, continues to keep them uh, keep them busy. Uh, City are out of Europe. They only have the league. Are they still in one of the cups? They are in the FA Cup, right? Okay. In the FA Cup. Mm. In the FA Cup. So uh, that's where they are. So yeah. Okay. So two. Uh, I don't know what Eric feels. I, he'd probably go for a, a Liverpool win. I'm guessing, or a draw at the most. So okay, guys. Thanks. It was a good show. Thanks all for your. Uh, points of view, perspectives, and uh, really enjoyed that. And uh, let's talk again soon. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye.
Forget about the price tag. Yeah.